The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, it's another Wednesday night in the books. It is August 26th here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I am your host, Justin LaBar, being joined by Wrestling Inc.'s owner, Raj Geary, and newest uh, member to the team. He joined us last Wednesday. Glad he's back again. He is pro wrestler Sam Adonis. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? I'm wonderful. Happy to be back. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me once again. I'm I'm dealing with a severe case of the hiccups right now, so some of the listeners might have to hear one or two, and I apologize in advance. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish that worked i really wish that worked uh, raj how are good, you man. i'm doing good how about you how about yourself a long week of wrestling this is uh basically every day since friday through tuesday yeah. oh no i guess uh saturday is the one break that we get from first run wrestling from aew or wwe so it's a lot of wrestling this week man it's a lot going on. Of course, Wrestling Inc. has a coverage of all angles. Uh, you can go and uh, read a lot of news uh, of what's going on in the world. But tonight here on the podcast, um, we're going to focus on NXT. So this is uh, an interesting NXT, and, and, and we'll get into why uh, as we're coming off of NXT TakeOver. Uh, and next NXT is not going to be next Wednesday. It's going to be uh, on Tuesday because of being preempted due to um, NHL playoffs on the USA Network. So a lot of dynamics at play, and we'll break them down as we go. So we kick off. At full sail, uh, with the new NXT champion carrying Cross coming out with Scarlet, and basically we see Cross. Uh, he's in a, a sling. Uh, we, had, you know, it's on Wrestling Inc. We it was it was confirmed uh, by Triple H right after Takeover on the media call that Cross, uh, in fact, did have some kind of shoulder injury. Well, uh, basically we find out that uh, this is going to keep him out for a significant amount of time, and Cross vacates the title. You know, he puts it down in the center of the ring. They have the hourglass uh, right next to it. They turn the hourglass, and you know, and tick tock, tick tock. We will be back. So, right off the bat, you know, this guy who has been who 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 has been one of the best built talents since his debut in the last few months, such quality control in NXT, gets to the top of the mountain really quick in NXT, and immediately has to drop it. Uh, Sam, how did this? Uh, Sam, did you know prior to this NXT that that he was injured, and how did this come off to you? Um, I knew on Saturday night when we discussed it that uh, the okay. initial reports were that he was injured. But, uh, I mean, you never want to see this. That was just terrible timing, and it really upset me tonight seeing that whole situation play out. However, I think on a positive note, I think it's probably the best thing to do in that situation. I think it's going to, in my opinion, it's going to you know, kind of leave a lot of avenues open to see where you can go. You're really going to keep him strong. I think that's going to be a way to not, you know, not dilute him with any unnecessary matches and just kind of keep him in, you know, in the same spot that he was in. Uh, I think it's cool. It makes him look like a badass relinquishing the title. The promo was just awesome. Um, I think again, I don't want to see it happen because, you know, he's a great guy. He's a great performer, great gimmick, everything. I would like to see him have his run as a champion, but I definitely think, uh, you know, coming out of this, there's probably more of a, a mystique and interest you know, an added level of that that we didn't have prior to tonight. So uh, I think going forward is probably going to be pretty interesting and pretty cool. 
Well, Justin Lopez kind of uh, shares similar thoughts. Uh, $10 Super Chat. Thank you, Justin. Uh, he said this might have been a blessing in disguise for Cross. When healthy, he could return to the main roster without having been pinned to lose the NXT title. He's Vince's wet dream of a superstar. I, I suppose that is possible. Um, uh, you know, Raj, what's your reaction to him having to vacate a couple days after? I mean, on the one hand, I agree with you guys. Like, it, 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 it does keep... It just keeps him in the news. It's something different. He he doesn't have to relinquish it. As soon as he comes back, he's still this killer monster going after the title. Uh, it does suck that as soon as you know he gets the belt. I, I think this is the best built character that we've seen in a long time in wrestling. As far as like, almost like a Drago build, you know, like just unbeatable monster, just uh, destroys everybody. And uh, it would, you know, I mean, you can't you can't help an injury, so. You know, at, at, I almost wonder if after he separated his shoulder, if they should not advertise Keith Lee the next night, you know, so that they at least keep him in the mix in NXT and, and keep him on board before, uh, ba- you know, before uh, vacating the title from Karrion Cross. Well, fans of Keith Lee's NXT music and uh, ring gear would probably agree to that uh, based upon their, their <laughs> I, th- I think personally also that, uh, you know, you never quite know the severity of a shoulder separation. Uh, I think this is almost, in my opinion, could be something that came up to protect him because they don't know where it's going to go. They don't know if it's going to be two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, or four months, whatever it's going to be. At least this situation kind of shakes everything up and makes same people tonight that were tuning in to see the new champion say, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? So, I mean, there might be a little bit of plotting and planning behind this as well. Sam, have you ever dealt with this injury before? I've dislocated my shoulder. I've never separated. I don't know if there's a difference or not, but you just get popped back in. Well, uh, I was going to say, what was the time? Weapon two or you... No, I, I missed no time. I got it right back in, right and back. it was like it never never hurt again. Okay. Well, uh, there will be news a little bit later here on the show about what they are going to do with that vacated title, so we'll get to that here shortly. Uh, and uh, we go now to uh, ringside where we have Vic Joseph back again uh, in the lead spot on commentary. He's with Beth Phoenix, and he's got Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett, uh, first time being seen on WWE television, I, I think since what, 2016, Raj? Yeah, yeah, since he, yeah, that was when he left the company, and uh, he's been doing commentary. He did commentary for Lucha Underground. Uh, is it Lucha Underground? He, he did NW, some, NWA. He did. Yeah, NWA. He did some in the UK as well, uh, and he's been great at it. Yeah, he he added some some things uh, tonight. If if I can remember them as we go through, I'll, I'll bring them up. But uh, uh, and and he immediately noted a little bit of. Um, uh, relatability here he has had to vacate the title for the, vacate a title before for the exact same injury that cross is dealing with uh, unfortunately that was a, a common thing for barrett he he had several times big pushes were halted with injury so good to see him on the uh, screen and like and like i said i think he added something to commentary yeah, as we go through you normally don't see wwe bring a big star you know he was a pretty big star he he had main evented pay-per-views they normally don't bring them back in in a role like this for no reason. Usually it leads to something else. So um, I have a feeling this isn't the last we're going to see to see a Wade Barrett in WWE and NXT. It's not. In fact, they, they ended up confirming later that he will be back next Tuesday <laughs> on commentary. So we will see him again. Um, it was a very small thing that they, they, they threw in there. Uh, so we get into our first match uh, of the night is NXT tag team titles match. Uh, Brizango versus uh, Imperium, two of the members of Imperium. Um, uh, Eichner and uh, Barthel, uh, Barthel, and uh, up against Brizango. Yeah, this was a this match started off uh, just very traditional. Fandango uh, just couldn't get out of the ring. They you know cut cut it in half. You know he's he, you know just just on the on the on the receiving end of all the heat. They even go to commercial, come back from commercial. It's still going that way. 
And then it really picked up. And this had, uh, Sam, this match had some really fun, creative, offensive sequences. I'm not going to say that all of them I'd never seen before, but you don't see them in every tag team match these days. I was definitely entertained. Um, I really, really liked watching Imperium. Uh, both of those guys I've actually known for years working in Europe. Uh, Fabian Eichner actually worked under Steve Wright, who was Alex Wright's father, who is literally like a dictionary of professional wrestling. Every hold sequence, anything you can think of, you know, this Fabian Eichner knows. I don't know how much he's been able to show off on NXT television, but just seeing them in the ring, you know, coming up with this creative offense, I thought was awesome. Uh, the one thing that I just, again, I'm still kind of new to the game here. Um, from what I've gathered over the last three episodes of XT that I've seen, I almost felt like Breeze Dango was a bit of a throwaway comedy gimmick. Uh, I did not expect them to go over tonight and win the tag title. So, again, you know, maybe we're in the, the, the section of the program where it's going to rebuild and just kind of shake things up, get more interest for the Wednesday night viewership. I don't know what it is, but I didn't see the coming. The match was awesome, and uh, I mean, I, I don't even know where it's going to go from here. So, Raj, um, so they, they end up having a finish here. Uh, ultimately, uh, Fandango uh, goes to the top and does a double leg drop on both opponents. Um, you know, to me, Imperium just isn't the same. I mean, Imperium was was built around Walter, and Walter hasn't been there since the pandemic started. I, I'm assuming because of travel. Uh, so I think fan, you know, Breeze Dango, they have been appearing more and more in NXT have, you know, sometimes they do comedy, of course, but they are really good in the ring. I think this is a much needed shakeup for the tag titles. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to Sam's point, I think it's, it's kind of like three MB coming to NXT and beating your tag team champions in, in the sense that it's a team that no one was taking seriously. And all of a sudden there's, they're beating this team that's supposed to be one of your top teams. Now, right now, NXT doesn't have that many top tag teams. It's not like years ago when they had American alpha and the Ascension and all these teams that were, they were squandered on the main roster, but in NXT, they were awesome. And, and right now the tag team division is struggling. Imperium. I, I agree with you, Justin, without Walter, I don't know if people can name, you know, the members of Imperium and, and, and look at their face and be like, oh, that's, you know, Fabian, Fabian Archner. And I, I just feel like they don't have the charisma uh, without Walter. And uh, I don't know, Brizango just feels like a step backwards. I, I'm all for, I, I think Fandango is very talented. And I think uh, Tyler Breeze is very talented. But I think in this tag team, it's just, it's just done. It's just, they were a comedy team. It was kind of over with. To bring it back, it just feels like going to the past when they I, they should move on. Fandango turns heel, Tyler Breeze turns heel, change his name, do whatever, but they need something else because it just feels like it's sucking down the tag division, in my opinion. Well, I mean, they definitely were comedy, fashion files and all, when they were uh, on SmackDown. But I, I do think they've, they've at least been given the chance to, to show that they are credible in the ring and, and in the matches they have had on NXT since they're return to nxt uh we got another turn him heel and give him a different name you know what i mean breezango is just so dated justin lopez another five dollars johnny curtis who uh fandango has been has been contracted since 2006 with uh, this is his first championship yeah wade barrett kind of actually put this over a little bit uh on commentary noting how these guys you know you know they've been around for as long as they have and haven't got to uh, wear gold so um yeah it's it's good for them you know well, we do want to be in a tag team in NXT when you've seen how they've progressed to the main roster. I mean, what tag team has done well? I can't think of, I mean, the Ascension became jobbers quick. Uh, American Alpha, they had like a, a few months before they were treated like nothing. I, I can't even remember the last time a, a tag team did well from NXT. Revival became jobbers pretty quick. 
Um, a- AOP, they just can't stay healthy. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, again, thank you to Justin Lopez for the five dollars. You guys, of course, we always appreciate all the super chats. It helps out and supports this podcast to keep going. Uh, if you send a super chat, and as long as it's not wildly inappropriate, we'll uh, we'll throw it up on screen and, and give it a read. All right. So uh, new tag team champion or tag yeah tag team champions in NXT. Breezango. Uh, backstage, we see the new NXT North American champion Damian Priest. Uh, he gets stopped uh, by Mackenzie Mitchell. Then he's interrupted by Timothy Thatcher. Thatcher <laughs> says he wants a title shot. He laughs and says uh, that's where he, you know, Priest got to hide behind a ladder to win that uh, title. And Thatcher says, you know, he, he'd show you what real wrestling is. Uh, Priest just kind of dismisses and walks off. So setting setting the table there for next feud for Damian Priest. We also then see kind of a secret style camera filming peering through the window of uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, William Regal, and Matt Bloom all sitting in a boardroom discussing what to do with this vacant NXT title, and we will get an answer later uh, tonight. Next up, we get a returning Tommaso Ciampa up against Jake Atlas. This is a quick, quick style uh, squash match. It's, of course, the first time we've seen Ciampa since he lost to Karrion Cross at TakeOver In Your House in early June. This was all Ciampa, and then the, the big story here, Ciampa gets the win, and then vicious beat down to Jake Atlas afterwards. Uh, they get then they get Atlas on the gurney, get the neck brace on him, and then Ciampa comes and DDTs him off that. Uh, Sam, this was brutal. Oh, unbelievably brutal! Uh, he kicked the crap out of him. Um, I don't know where Jake Atlas is at this point uh, in his NXT career. I know he's you know he's pretty fresh. I, I was on a couple of shows with him last year. Um, he got all the talent and potential in the world. I don't understand. Like again, just coming into this blind i don't know why that had to be done with jake La- jake atlas um i don't know if they have other plans for him or how he fits into the pieces of the puzzle but i mean for what you were doing that that angle was purely to get uh champa over and i mean it, they could have used whether it's a you know guy that's not on television or a, a enhancement talent or something it still was going to get the same message across maybe you know there's a setup for the future getting jake atlas back for revenge i don't know but I just think, you know, he, he didn't have any – there was nothing strong about Jake Atlas in that, and that, you know, bums me out because he's a really good guy and he's really talented. Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, you know, Heat and Champ up, and again, we'll, we'll find out here shortly uh, perhaps why they why they did that. Um, but yeah, so – yeah, I mean, I feel like Champa. I don't know if you guys agree, but I feel like he's always been most effective as a heel. Uh, oh, absolutely. When he was a babyface, it just it just wasn't the same. He's just an awesome heel. I I, I like this. I mean, clearly, I I, feel, I agree with Sam. Jake Atlas is a hell of a talent, and, and it sucks to see him used in that kind of a role where it's base, you know, like a a squash guy. Um, but I do like that that with Champa, they're they're giving him new life because he's he's one of those guys I don't see doing well on the main roster. We see with Vince, we see when you know it, it's very hard for a smaller guy, a, a guy that's not very tall, uh, to get over on the main roster. I think Champa would have a hard time. So it's good to see him, you know, having a rebirth in NXT. And was he a babyface when he got hurt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's been uh, him and Gargano were baby faces in a tag team called DIY, and then they had a tremendous heel turn of Ciampa turning on Gargano. It was one of the best ones that NXT's ever done. It was great. Uh, they had a great feud there, and, and they then kind of switched back and forth. And then they switched. Then somehow Ciampa became the face, and Johnny became you know just the dick heel. And now okay. they're both heels, so that's the dynamic is yeah. Is changing. And his last match, Ciampa, he got killed by Karrion Cross at uh, Takeover. I think it was June or July. It was in your house in June. Yeah. 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 And and what hurt him? What was he out with? 
He just got squashed. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think he was just selling. I think he was just selling the loss. Uh, okay, okay, okay. It's kind of like Cody and Brody Lee right now. Where Cody's sure. out for a little bit, just selling how how badly okay. he's beaten. Uh, so we get a video package on Candice LeRae cutting a promo on Tegan Knox and, and the history they have there. Uh, more backstage, we have Bronson Reed uh, asking Bronson Reed, you know, uh, about, about you know losing out on the North American title. Uh, he believes that he should get the first NXT uh, North American title shot from Priest, and all of Austin Theory. Shows up behind him to confront him. Austin Theory, uh, to recall to everybody, he, uh, we had saw him around WrestleMania time. Uh, he was on Raw with Zelina Vega's crew, and then um, it was just kind of being one, it was Vega and Garza. He and then one he, of the Rollins' uh, disciples. He became one of Rollins' disciples, uh, and then he just all of a sudden disappeared uh, off of off of TV. So yeah, there were some during that uh, speaking out movement. There were. There was an accusation against him. He disappeared. Hadn't been on TV since. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, yeah. That that was June, right? When that happened. And uh, he confronts. Uh, yeah, it was like yeah, mid to, mid to end of June. So he confronts Reed. Um, Reed gives a big slap across the face, and that is that. So again, more more foreshadowing what's to come for some of these guys in the uh, mid card. Mia Yim up against, uh, well, it's supposed to be Mia Yim up against uh, Mercedes Martinez. Out comes the Robert Stone brand, and Robert's out there just with Aaliyah, and he says uh, after what happened last week, he was not going to let Mercedes Martinez have this match with Mia Yim, and then as as Robert is talking, he he just falls to the ground as Shotzi Blackheart comes out in her tank and once again runs him over and sparks the tank on top of him, and now it's going to be Shotzi Blackheart having a match against uh mia yeah real quick sam before we do the match uh, did you find this as amusing as i did i did i thought this uh this whole segment was really cool uh these girls both have so much character and energy i really liked it uh that can always be difficult having a baby face versus baby face match trying to get you know getting people to choose sides or not necessarily wanting them to choose sides but to be able to give them an inter- uh, interesting match i thought both girls worked really hard everything did th- uh, they did looked really crisp and good um it was just fun all around fun yeah, this was this was a good this was a good match. They played up yeah, the two babies as you said, and then at one point I think it was Yim. She she kind of got a little more intense, and you know it, it all of a sudden shifted from you know we're in this here for real. Uh, but back and forth, back and forth, and uh, Blackheart gets uh, hits a drop kick and, uh, and then goes up to the top, does a senton, uh, the flying senton uh, landing on top of Yim. I think she actually caught a little bit of Yim's uh, face. It looked. Uh, uh, look pretty pretty rough when it happened real time. And Shotzi Blackheart gets the three, so a bit of an upset here. Shotzi Blackheart, based upon where she's been in the booking, getting uh, a win over uh, Mia Yim. Now, the, you know, again, they played up to kind of protect Yim. The Yim had no time to prepare for Shotzi, so there's that. Um, but I like this. I think uh, this definitely elevated Shotzi into a new to a new level. You know, I di- I didn't see this match, but when I read it and seeing that Mia Yim got the win, I, I mean, uh, Shotzi Blackheart got the win. I remember I, I was surprised because. And then it surprised me that I was surprised because it's not like they've been pushing either to the very top, but they have been doing a good job with Mia Yim. So I was a little surprised that she took the loss here because she has been looking great lately. She has been uh, just vastly improved. She's been awesome. And she looks like someone that could really fit in that NXT women's title picture. So, um, And Shotzi Blackheart, they're building her up well too. I mean, I think that's the one thing NXT does better than any other brand, any other wrestling promotion right now is building up the women and i i think it was a it was a great move because i feel like it really elevated shotzi well you talk about the women's division uh the main event would be a women's tag match and we we hear from half of them on a backstage dakota kai and raquel gonzalez 
uh, as they are being hyped for their match against Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. And uh, Kai says she still deserves to be NXT Women's Champion and will prove it tonight. And Gonzalez tells Rhea Ripley that she messed up by getting in her face. Uh, then they walk off. So that's the promotion for what will come later on for the main event. But we're at the turn into hour number two. And this is where General Manager William Regal hits the ring to make the announcement about what's going to happen with the vacant NXT World Title belt. And he said that after going over the uh, thoughts with, uh, with Triple H and the rest of the council, it is going to be... All it's gonna be a four way. All four men in the four way have all been NXT world champions. That being Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, and Adam Cole. But he said it next Tuesday at the NXT Super Tuesday, it'll be those four in a four way, but it will be a 60 minute Iron Man match. So whoever gets the most decisions in their favor in a 60 minute Iron Man match. And uh, before we get into that, I'll just give out a shout to Steve Marcatulli, dollar ninety nine, Cross versus the Beast. Carrying Cross versus uh, the Beast, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania needs to happen. Money yeah, that would be if 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 Cross is maintained right, that could be something uh, huge for sure. Uh, but Sam, Fatal Four Way Iron Man match. How would you like to have to go sixty minutes? Oh, I've done sixty minutes. I actually yeah. just did that about three months ago which i was proud of but that's not important this match is going to be nuts uh i haven't seen many of these guys uh nxt matches um i just know what they're capable of i've seen a lot of them you know in, in their past with ring of honor and evolve and such like that a 60 minute iron man match with these four is probably the equivalent to about 26 normal wrestling matches there's going to be every finisher ever all over the place. I think it's going to be really intense and fun. Um, the one question I had was, are they going to kind of lean towards Adam Cole continuing to be a babyface just for this match? Uh, he's coming off the Pat McAfee match where he did, you know, he was essentially the babyface in that match, defending the honor of pro wrestling. Um, coming right off this, going into this four-way next week, he didn't have an appearance on TV tonight. I'm assuming, you know, they're going to keep him as, you know, a bit of a babyface, so it's not a three-on-one situation against Balor. But uh, whether they do or not, it's an easy fix afterwards, you know, with a promo or the next week's TV. Uh, that's basically just what I was wondering. Now, what's Cole going to do? Yeah, because I don't even think Balor is that strong of a babyface. He's kind of he came to NXT, he came back to NXT as a heel, and and any any, you know, they they where they put the spotlight on him. No more of him doing this, and all the fans partake in the entrance. Uh, you know, and even now, I don't really look at him so much as a babyface. He's so it, it, this is an odd dynamic of a match. Remember, I'm out of the loop here. I know. Yeah. Oh no, no, I know. I'm just. Face. Oh no, I know. I'm just. You know, uh, maybe it's been too long since I've seen him wrestle, but I, I just associated him as a babyface. So maybe again, maybe it's going to be four heels. Maybe that's going to be better storytelling. I don't know. I just uh, I don't know where Cole's going to land on this after the McAfee match. Rosh, who jumps out of you? Who, who do you who do you, who do you go with in this time of calling an audible? Well, here, here's the problem I have with this match, and I think I, I like this step. I like it that it's different. You know, you, every Iron Man match I think that we've ever seen has been a singles match, right? With between two people. I'm trying to think if there was a tag team one, but all I can remember is a singles match. So having yeah. a four way uh, with the guy getting the most falls, I, I like that idea. I think it's really cool. The problem I have is you got Johnny Gargano, who's been in the NXT main events for for forever, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, who's also been forever. Finn Balor, uh, who was forever before he went to the main roster and came back, and then Adam Cole. So I would have liked to seen 
one of those guys out, maybe two of those guys out, and bring in two new guys that could really uh, freshen things up. You know, whether it's uh, a Damien Priest or, you know, someone that hasn't been in the NXT main event scene forever. And and that was the only thing that kind of stood out to me was that you're you're getting a lot of guys that have been in that that mix for a long time, and and this could be a good opportunity to to bring somebody up. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly, just someone random. I don't know, just someone to kind of mix things up. Well, you know, again, they're trying. It's a different night for them. They they have they're trying to have to make a big deal of the Super Tuesday next week to get an audience. So I mean, I, right. I'm okay with them going with okay, who's four of the biggest guys we got, and let's go with the gimmick that they've all been there before. Um, you could I look bring at the, somewhere from the main roster, you know. Just well, but again, the, the, I mean, this has all happened pretty quick, and, and and they got the draft coming. So who knows what they already have planned of who to send to NXT potentially if if if, if people from our SmackDown go. So I don't know. I mean, this you know who know, who knows when they've made the decision. You know, who knows when they got the the, the the results back for Cross and when they finally said, okay, yeah, we're going to have him vacate the title. It could have been as soon as Sunday morning. It could have been as late as yesterday evening well, so they, i mean they had a good idea that night that he i mean triple h had said he had separated his shoulder so at that point you got to be putting together contingency plans uh again i'm, I'm nitpicking here but uh i i'm sick of gargano and chomp I, I i like them both i think they're great but being in the nxt main events it just feels like running in place and um uh, and Adam Cole as well. I, I I'd like to see Adam Cole go to the main roster. Uh, Champo and Gargano I don't think would do as well on the main roster. So I think they're good where they're at. I like how they're redoing uh, Champa, but get get someone new in there in my opinion. Money making JJ. I think Wade Barrett gets involved. There's a yeah. there's a wild card. Um, I don't. Know, I look at these four, and I the only two that I give a chance of, 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 of I think of getting this title is Champa or Finn. Because I feel like you, know, you just did Adam Cole with that 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 long long run. He did everything he could do, you know, for however many days it was, four hundred or whatever the case. Uh, then you have Gargano, who again he had a run. Granted, it was as a baby face, but I just I, I don't know. I, I look at I look at you have Champa, who lost, who who also vacated the NXT title. Remember that he never got pinned for the NXT title. So there's a story there of redemption. You also have Finn, who they've been trying to light him back up since. You know, I think they thought bringing him back to NXT would rejuvenate his career after it really kind of muddled off and on Raw and SmackDown. And when, what did it muddle off for? Because he was the first ever universal champion and then, and got the same injury the night that he won that title and had to vacate it the next day. And his career was never the same after that. So I feel like the, the, the two guys who had to vacate titles before in the company world titles uh, and Champa and Finn, and it would be something fresh for the NXT world title right now. Um, so I, I, that's kind of where my booking mind goes to. What do you think, Sam? I just think it's completely up in the air. I think they're probably going with something that they know. You know, again, uh, coming from someone that doesn't watch a lot of it, those names are probably the four synonymous names that I would use for NXT. Um, again, I don't know how important the, you know the the ratings war is right now or whatever, but I think it's something that it's, it's going back to old faithful. And if it's you know you're trying to pop the Tuesday night numbers for a one off, I mean I, I don't think there's any way they can lose from it. These are the people that built the brand. These are the people people are familiar with. So I think it's probably more or less like that, you know, and I'm sure they're probably already thinking beyond that, you know, just, you know, for a one-off fix of, of the situation with Cross, I think, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty good sh- choice. Let, let me ask you guys this though. Do any of those guys seem intriguing against Cross? Like no. I think Damian Priest in that match, Damian Priest, you could build him to the point where he is an intriguing figure against Cross. He's got the size 
He's got, you know, he's got his own charisma. At least I think it's more intriguing than any of these other four guys in this match. I love Priest, but I want to see him. I want to see, I, I like, I don't want to rush that. You know, let let him do his thing. Let him be dominant in the mid card with that title. You talk about who who could you see against Cross? I know we already just saw it, but it looked like they. I mean, by the way they booked Champa tonight, he's the one. I mean, they made a point to make sure that he looked super vicious. Now, granted, uh, I mean, you know, they didn't they didn't throw Finn out there. They didn't throw Gargano out there. They didn't throw Cole out there. We saw promos from everybody or everybody else. You know, we saw pre-tape backstage promos, but they made a point to send Champa out there and look really vicious. So I almost I almost agree uh, from the guest earlier that uh, put on the the message about Cross possibly moving onwards and upwards already. Uh, I think these are the talents that people associate with NXT. NXT has much more of a gritty wrestling brand, and they want to see those cool indie wrestling styles. You know, where everybody's just working hard. I think Cross is almost you know he's. I love it because I think he's such a high-level superstar, but I almost feel like they, that they might see more in him than just NXT for now. They might think of him as a Monday Night Star or a pay-per-view star. Um, it's possible. Again, this is maybe just speculation, but I could see this just being a way to get Cross out of the picture and going back to a new formula with you know Old Faithful, like I said, to, to keep that image of the brand intact. Yeah, it's kind of like when Drew McIntyre got injured, and instead of he was injured in NXT instead of bringing him back to NXT he was moved to the main roster i could i could definitely as I, as soon as i saw Karen cross i'm like he's not long for NXT as soon as vince is paying attention to this guy and him and scarlet he's he's going to the main roster you know sooner rather than later sure um how many yeah. times you can say main roster and expect me not to just, you, know, you know i'm seething i every <laughs> But back to back to Champa to your point with Champa when when you saw Champa facing Karrion Cross last month or in June at, in your house, there was just such a discrepancy, just you know, appearance wise, size wise, everything. It, it it just when he stands next to Cross, you're all right. Yes, yeah. I mean, it, Cross is Cross is legit six three six four, and Champa I think is legit like five nine. Yeah, it's just. Oh. I always, say, as, as I always say when I was a kid, wrestlers were deceivingly big. You would see Tito Santana at the airport, and you're like, holy cow, yeah. I didn't know he was 6'6". Six, six. Roddy Piper was huge. Now it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> right. I think now you see these wrestlers on TV, and you say, oh, my God, look at him. He's ripped, chiseled, and jacked. And then you meet them, and you know they, they are a little bit smaller. But I think that's kind of what makes the brand of NXT unique. I think they do. You know, They're not discriminatory towards size. You get to show your talent and do what you do. So uh, I don't know. I think to me that seems to be the identity of the brand, and that's at least you know explains to me why they're going to stick with their guns for this one. All right, let's get to a couple of super chats we got here. Uh, Justin Lopez, another two dollars. Thank you. He says promoting it as a Mount Rushmore of NXT. That is uh, abs- absolutely. Um, we got some more here. Let me catch up to them. Uh, Five dollars from Xavier Leone. How about a surprise fifth person to have it be a main roster guy? Well, the problem is that this is the only show they have between now and Tuesday. So you know, I don't think you want to save that for a social media promotion. I think you'd want to, unless somebody on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. Unless somebody on SmackDown or Raw says I'm going to NXT. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Which uh, that'd be a hell of a way to pop a rating. Keith, Keith Lee could come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Keith Lee is on Raw, it's like, hey, I just beat Randy Orton and now I'm NXT. Which <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Eric uh, G two ninety nine uh, said, "I'd be down for Demon Finn versus yeah, Cross." I, I could yeah. get into that. Yeah, yeah we have not that seen. Yeah, we have not seen the Demon, uh, and that's that's and that's been the. Yeah, it's been a while. That's been the biggest thing. That's been the biggest issue I think I've had with Finn. Finn's a Finn's a great performer in the ring. That's there's no doubt about that. But it's like 
when he would do the the dynamic of he uh, whenever he'd pull out the the demon for like the big the pay per view matches essentially, once I see the demon and how cool the entrance looks and how cool the appearance looks, Finn Balor is just another dude. Yeah. I once you're the demon, I can't I can't deal like like they've managed to pull it off well with Sweater Bray Wyatt and then Fiend. You know we've seen Sweater Bray Wyatt have some matches and he he's more vulnerable and this and that and he can get choke slammed in loading docks. But when he's they've made it they made it work and the fiends is interesting but the the, the whole dynamic of, of the demon and Finn Balor that it just makes Finn looks too vanilla to me. He's like the Undertaker if he's like I'm Mark Calloway <laughs> all these weeks but on pay per views I'm the Undertaker. Well, you're like that Undertaker so freaking cool. Uh, why am I going to get behind Mark Calloway? So yeah. I, I agree. I just feel like just Michael stick Myers, with that character. Michael Myers is just a psychopath without the mask, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we go into another title match uh, here on um, tonight's NXT. It's a cruiserweight title match. I'm going to predict this is probably Sam Elias' favorite match of the night. I'm, I, I don't know. Isaiah uh, Swerve Scott up against Santos Escobar. And uh, this. Okay, oh, Sam. Go ahead. I, I enjoyed it. No, I really did. I don't know if you were being facetious there or not. Um, no, I know I, I, I wasn't. I, I was I, at one point I was watching. I don't remember what it was. I almost texted you right when I saw it. And I was like. This is like this is like a match. I think it's like right up Sam's alley. <laughs> yeah, um, I just adore Santos Escobar. I think he's fantastic. I think he just to me he's a bit of a dark horse in this whole situation because I didn't know how well he was progressing in the NXT system. Um, he's somebody that had so much success under the mask for years, and now I see him without the mask, and I'm like, what the hell are you wearing a mask for? He's got that rock star persona. He just looks like a million bucks. He, he moves like a million bucks, and uh, he's staying true to his. Lucha Libre roots by busting out the mask for that finish, yes. uh, which I, I don't know if they were trying to imply that it was a loaded mask or I heard them saying something about the spirit of the mask gave him power to fight back. But either way, I think it's cool. I think it's probably, you know, going to be his idea. I think it's probably just a way to keep Lucha Libre into the, uh, the into the format. And I, I thought it was cool. Yeah. So for those who missed it with what Sam was referencing here, um, so again, a really good match uh, between these two athletic guys. I mean, S- S- Isaiah Swerve Scott can do some things that are just um, just defy physics. Uh, but it gets it gets to the point where uh, Scott's really it looks like he's got Escobar on the run here, and all of a sudden Mendoza and Joaquin Wild come out. They uh, pull a little distraction, uh, pull distraction enough for Escobar to uh, to to get the upper hand back again. And then at uh, one point, Escobar he and, and Walking Wild actually brought this mask out and left it outside of the ring. Escobar ends up uh, putting this mask on on the outside, and then when Swerve comes to get him, he headbutts Scott uh, and knocking Scott out, and that gets Escobar the win. And yeah, I, I was I was the same way, Sam. I couldn't quite because you know I think Wade Barrett even said he's like you know I've been on the receiving end of some headbutts, and yeah, they can knock you out, but man, that was really like I kind of thought they were kind of imply that like imply, right. something was in that mask, and then Escobar like kind of kept clutching it as he was with the belt. Almost like he was hiding what might be in there. So I, I think we might see him do this gimmick a little bit more. We might come to find out what's in this. One question I had, just a bit off topic: is there a is there um, a WWE Cruiserweight Championship, or is there only an NXT Championship now? It's it, it basically it, got merged. Yeah. And okay. Changed. And is there still a two hundred five live program? There is. They uh, they it's, they film it. They film it after SmackDown. I don't remember when it airs no live. Watches it. Is it still even now during the pandemic? Yeah. Okay. I just wasn't sure. That's off topic. Sorry about that. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. They, I know they film it. I know they film it after SmackDown, but I, I don't recall when it goes to the network. Um, but yeah, yeah it's it, that it, night. It goes on right. Oh, after that SmackDown. night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, just. 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I look at Escobar. I see, I see a, a superstar. I, I feel bad for the guys with him. Uh, he, I, I feel like it's kind of the undisputed era kind of thing where Adam Cole is clearly a star. The other guys, uh, not so sure. But uh, Escobar, I like that. Uh, I, I like the loaded mask gimmick. You've never seen it. You've seen it with the glove. You've seen Lex, Lex Luger's forearm back in the day. Uh, but you, you've never really seen it with a mask. So I, I think that's yeah. a cool. Cool. We don't know for sure, but that's just how I took it. And I, I kind of think. The whole spirit of the Lucha Mask, that would be something you do for a baby face, I would think, almost. <laughs> to, to load it up? It's a Lucha Underground gimmick. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll tell you what, I went to I went to the the filming of the Lucha Underground season two, season dos, uh, when they filmed the finale. Um, I went out to LA, and, and that, that was a really, I don't know, that was something different. I've never seen anything quite. Oh, that's uh, My dad has been a wrestling fan since 1962. And he came to Mexico City to see one of my matches once, and he says that it still blew everything out of the water. He said just seeing the just you know the lucha culture and everything involved, and you know the characters, the costumes. He still says it was one of the best. So I I, I definitely give advice for anybody that's never watched Mexican wrestling or lucha libre to check it out because there's just so much depth, fun, and excitement in it. Whether it's lucha underground or triple A, CMLL, any of that stuff. So go ahead, Sam, admit what's on your TV right now. I'm actually watching uh, CMLL <laughs> from 2000. It's in the background. I basically. Oh, I, thought, I thought it was 1992. I thought you were going further oh, back. I was already on 92. This is oh, sorry. Yeah, this is suggested <laughs> videos. So I multitask. This is what I do. But uh, I basically watch more wrestling than anybody ever should. And it tends to start in about 1972 and it finishes about 2003. That's, that's pretty much my time frame of what I study. When, when, when did you start watching wrestling? Uh, I've watched wrestling my whole life because my dad was a promoter, uh, just being growing up around the business. But when I was seven years old, I used to start uh, going to the ECW events in Pittsburgh. So I was a hardcore wrestling fan at seven years old. From there, I got into Japanese and Mexican wrestling and just uh, study, study, studied. And now I'm the the biggest wrestling geek on earth. So what? if you had to pick your favorite two to three year stretch, your well, your whole life watching. I, I know most people are going to pick their childhood, but but what would you say? Uh, it's uh, my life remembering or what I've seen in the past. Oh, you're remembering, like as you were in it. Uh, I would probably say about ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, that's awesome right. Because I mean, I grew up with ECW. I would I, I would go to school when every everybody's talking about Raw and SmackDown. I'm talking about Sandman and Raven and just. I mean, again, it probably warped me. It's probably why I'm so, you know, out of my mind right now. Seven, seven-year-olds shouldn't have been watching that. But, you know, I remember the first time we found it on TV. I was running through the house. Dad, ECW's on. My mom woke up and made everybody a cup of coffee. And we watched ECW at midnight in my basement. So uh, we have a weird family, but it definitely made us who we are. So you, were, you were going to the uh, the, the Golden Dome in Manaka. Golden, Golden Dome and the Ross Paper Ice Garden. And honestly, that's why my brother's so good with a lot of his references, you know, because as a kid, I would watch so much stuff. And, and dude, you got to watch this video here. Check this out. You know, we would just be living, eating, breathing, sleeping, wrestling. So uh, I think it's kind of worked well for both of us up to this point. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Ross Paper Ice Garden right down the street from me right here. That's it. All right, uh, moving along here. We get the always entertaining Drake Maverick up against Kyle O'Reilly here. Um, some history here in the past. I, I, I don't recall it, but they were they were reminding us that uh, Drake had been attacked by by Kyle and, and some of the Undisputed Era. I, again, forgot it, but that's the kind of the point behind this one. Um, entertaining match. Everything Drake does is entertaining. 
Um, ultimately, uh, O'Reilly, they get into a submission. Uh, they're back and forth uh, on, on the mat, and uh, eventually uh, Drake does tap out. Kyle O'Reilly gets the victory, and then after that, uh, Undisputed Era starts beating him up. <clears throat> now numbering uh, Adam Cole was not out there with him, by the way. It was, it was uh, uh, only three of them. Uh, they're beating up on Drake. Killian Dane comes out. Clears the undisputed air out, gives out a vicious chair shot. I should note, vicious looking at least, and hopefully it was fine. Uh, we think that he's there to have friendship with Drake, and then he he, he turns on Drake. So, uh, Killian Dane uh, looks like he's a he's a heel they're going to uh, get behind here uh, and go up against the ultimate babyface that is Drake Maverick. Uh, looking at a super chat that just came in. Three dollars ninety nine cents. Kill shot versus King Cuerno tonight. Good stuff. There you go, man. Represent that lucha. This match, uh, this there was a couple things I noticed in this match just that I really never paid attention to before. Kyle O'Reilly's awesome. He's, he's one of a kind. There's not too many people doing his style, and that's the most impossible thing for wrestlers to do now is find something unique. Uh, the way he moves in the ring is just incredible. I, I think, you know, from what I've seen, I don't see too many people, you know, replicating that style. I could see him being somebody, you know, that if they put the, the eggs in that basket, I think people would buy into it. Um, the second thing is, holy cow, I have not seen Drake Maverick wrestle in years, and I love him. I think he could be, and this is this is weird, and I noticed that when he hit the ropes like Mysterio, I almost think that he could be like a big TV babyface. I think his size makes him so just endearing and adorable. I think he's an underdog. He's got that one, two, three kid mixed with amazing work. Um, he's entertaining. He can cut a promo like anybody. I think, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to give him the spot to shine to be able to get over more than he is, but I could see him being somebody, you know, kind of in, in the Evan Bourne role before he disappeared, you know, just that underdog baby face to get over. And, uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna, I, I agree. They've, they've kind of given him a second life. He was on raw and SmackDown doing the goofy 24 seven stuff, which he was great um, at, by the way, which he uh, was great at. And then. He actually was announced by the company as one of the talents cut when they made cuts through the pandemic in April. But he was already advertised to be part of this. Uh, it was a cruiserweight tournament in NXT. And he did the tournament, didn't win, but he fought really hard. And they said that he's earned a contract back. So wow. there was a lot of controversy of what was a work, what was a shoot. Right. Was he actually released, and then they decided to change it up? Uh, so he's getting like a, a bit of second life, and I agree with you. I notice him hitting that middle rope. I thought Mysterio too, and, and he 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 can do anything you ask him to do, whether it's in ring yep. or whether it's or whether it's a backstage. So and and he can talk, which is, in my opinion, still the most valuable asset for any of us. Um, I think it's something that he could be money if given the opportunity. It's you know he's sympathetic babyface, you know, and and now all wrestlers come in every shape, size, and you know personality. I think he could be great. Um, the one thing I noticed about the end of this, and I could be wrong, this is merely speculation. I think last week I saw a promo for the return of NXT UK. I could almost think that maybe that Killian Dane thing with uh, Drake Maverick could be setting up for something to be maybe the main storyline for their first pay-per-view back. That sounds like it makes sense because I know those guys are very over the British market. So I don't know if that fits into the grand scheme of things, but that's kind of what I got from that. It, it might. I believe Vic Joseph did say on commentary tonight that NXT UK is coming back. I think he said next month. Um, I also thought the same thing about Wade Barrett. I thought, are they getting Barrett involved in the brand because he could be somebody over with NXT UK 
uh, of note. So we'll have to keep an eye out. Um, Justin Toner and several others bringing this up in the chat. So uh, said Kyle was not in the post-match beatdowns. Um, it was just the other two of Undisputed Era out there. So maybe seeds of a Undisputed Era split. So we'll keep an eye on that. I, I got to say with Drake Maverick. Uh, so so we I, I actually interviewed Renee Michelle. That's going to be on Wrestling Inc. next week. Uh, Drake Maverick's wife. She, she, first of all, she swears up and down that he was really fired. Like that was a legit release. It was not. Uh, I was, was under that. Sa- I was under that same impression. Yeah, but uh, after that great storyline, I, I just feel like they haven't. They, they've just kind of dropped him a little bit. He's so entertaining. He's such a great talent. He's funny as hell. I'd, I'd like to see them utilizing him more. And, I think. And- I, I think honestly, real quick, just to interject that. Uh, I think my opinion may change the more I watch this. So it's the things I say, right. might, they might just be because I'm completely in the dark. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm just saying, uh, I, I just think he had that, he had that momentum and it, I feel like it's getting squandered. And you see this all the time with wrestlers when they're put in a hot angle and then all of a sudden it's dropped, they were getting momentum. And then for whatever reason, it just squanders away. And, uh, you just don't want to see that happen in an era where there's not as many superstars and, and, and as many larger in life characters. You want to see guys building on them, that momentum and seeing how far they can go. And if they don't get there, then yes, squander their momentum or do whatever, but at least give them a shot. And James agreeing with us about Maverick. He could shine with the right push. Thanks for uh, watching us, watching us on Facebook there. James. Smart, smart man, James. Absolutely. Agree with me. I'm always right. <laughs> Very good. All right, and into the main event we go. Uh, women's tag team action. Uh, so the story here, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, obviously the thickest thieves here, um, up against Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. So Rhea and Io, the, the two baby faces, but don't don't have don't have any want to be teaming together. That's right off the pad as Rhea Ripley's bossing Io Shirai around and and uh, making sure she knows that she will start the match. Um, so this match, uh, good, again, good tag match here for all, all that are involved. Um, there was some outside inter- interference. I'm trying to make sure I, I get to here. Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, Mercedes Martinez. So she at one point, Mer- Martinez comes out, and she uh, pulls Ripley off the apron, and she hits the steps. So that was set up there. So that, that, that ultimately is what came into the finish of Rhea eventually gets herself back in, tags herself back in out of, like, you know, stubborn pride. She's going to finish this match, but she just – stumbles is on spaghetti legs uh takes a big boot from uh raquel who gets the pin there was uh, outside interference earlier as well that ended up bringing out um ended up bringing out uh legata del fantasma and then uh brizango and isaiah swerve scott also came out um so there was there was some shenanigans there to keep that going so that that looks like that's gonna be brizango's next feud is with the uh with possibly with mendoza and joaquin wild so they had some other stories going on uh, throughout this match, but yeah, the big thing here: Mercedes Martinez does appear, uh, costs uh, Ripley and uh, Shirai the match. Raquel Gonzalez gets the finish, uh, gets the win with a huge power slam on Ripley. So they really put over Gonzalez and her strength, delivering this move and just and just manhandling uh, or woman handling Rhea Ripley rather. So Gonzalez and Kai end NXT tonight standing tall. I thought that was a pretty cool match. Uh, everything was, you know, uh, you know, pretty standard textbook. It was a good way to get the angles across and stuff. Um, the one thing that, uh, again, you guys could probably answer this for me. Do you remember any uh, altercations between R- Raya Ripley and uh, Raquel Gonzalez prior to last week? Or is that something that just started last week? Last week's the first that I can recall. But if anybody in the chat 
knows better, but that last week was the first I recall. My point being, again, being a, a spectator, you know, sitting back. I think Kai had the problem, and then Raquel's kind of her her hired gun. Well, kind of I thing. feel like yeah, I feel like Raquel Raquel kind of came out almost overly aggressive. And for me, just as a viewing standpoint, like, what are you so angry about? It, she was charging her. She's trying to kill her. And she's just, I'm going to, you know, it was very intense. And I love it. I love intensity. That's cool. I just like the process of getting there. And I think, you know, it, it, I don't, I don't know if it was, I, I just didn't see why she was so angry with Raquel just because, you know, of what happened last week, a face to face or whatever. I don't think she had real reason to be that intense and in trying to, you know, hurt Raquel yet. But, you know, that's just my take on it. Uh, where was this at? Someone is uh, pointing out that last week was their first encounter. Uh, I, there we go. James, James Agerton. Thank you, James. Um, I just look at Rhea and I've just seen her just downplayed so much this year. I, I, I made a mention on Twitter the other night and some people thought I was rip, ripping Rhea and I'm not ripping Rhea. I was ripping how she's been booked, but I no longer see her as a big star. Uh, going on in the main roster if they've lost faith in her already and i just kind of get that feeling like they've lost faith in her granted sometimes you do got to lose you do got to do the job but they've really downplayed her the last four months four, four or five months and um and look Ra raquel looks impressive as hell uh, i'm all for them pushing new women and bringing new women to the top i just think that uh i don't know i did Rhea just seems like a squandered opportunity she seemed like she was getting some real momentum earlier this year and I think her and Charlotte had the best match of mania that I saw. Uh, I thought was, so too. Uh, unbelievable. So I, I think she's capable of doing great things. I don't know enough about her. Uh, that was just my little take on it. But uh, I mean, it, it did a good job setting up, you know, for the future of this. Again, I think what I saw overall in the episode was it was just, you know, there was a lot of unanswered questions at the end, which is what you want. Yeah. You know, if you have a good product with unanswered questions, you tune in next week. So uh, yeah. yeah, I think they did a good job with that main event as well. This is a tough episode. This is a tough. I think NXT booking handled things well because you got to think they're coming off this major pay per view of NXT Takeover Thirty, and you again you crown this new champion, top of the mountain, carrying cross. Now you have to abort that plan, and oh by the way, build to a title match with only six days of a build on a day that you don't normally air. Like this was tough, but I think they handled it well because by going through the show, there are a lot of headlines, title changes and, 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 and a first ever Ironman, first ever style Ironman match that we've never seen before. So, I mean, I think all things considered, they did, they did uh, well, uh, NXT's uh, booking led by, by triple H. Um, so that was NXT tonight. NXT. Most of the time, it makes sense. There are, there are times when it doesn't like when Charlotte dropped the title, uh, and she wasn't pinned in that triple threat match. And Triple H said that, well, it'll make sense soon enough. And it never did. Charlotte just moved <laughs> back to the main roster. So uh, I don't yeah. know. I, you know, I, I think uh, other than that, you know, it, there's a lot of cool openings that this show uh, gave. And there's uh, I, I think they did a good job building up Super Tuesday as well. They did. Uh, so that'll be next Tuesday. Um, and we know one hour of the two hours will be. <laughs> A world title match. So there you go. Uh, real quick, uh, a news item we'll touch on real quick before we get out of here. Uh, SummerSlam, or excuse me, the post SummerSlam edition of Monday Night Raw this past week. Good news for the debut of Raw in the Thunderdome. Uh, it did the best viewership since the post WrestleMania episode of Raw. So that's really good news for WWE, who had been seeing a huge dip in their Raw viewership. Uh, this past Monday, drew an average of uh, 2.028 million viewers. That's up. 
from the week prior's 1.64 million average, uh, which was the fourth lowest in the history of that show uh, in Monday Night Raw. So uh, hour one, 2.1 million, uh, hour two, uh, uh, 2 million, and the final hour, 1.9. But even still, that 1.9 in the third hour is still better than the majority of hours that they had been seeing uh, these last couple months when they were in the PC. So, uh, you know, and, 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 and Roman Reigns wasn't even on it, even though he was the big thing coming out of SummerSlam. He wasn't even, him, Fiend, Strowman, they're not even on it. So, um, you know, that, that's just good news in general for, for what Raw has going on. We'll see if they can hold still uh, or better uh, next week for Monday Night Raw. And Buddy Barlow getting in a $2 Super Chat. Excited AEW will have fans back tomorrow. Yeah, AEW Dynamite supposed to be on tomorrow on TNT. Uh, and they are, what is it, Rod, like 15% capacity at Daly Center? I believe it's 10 right now, and it's going to move to 15 in like two weeks or something like that. Okay. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm p- pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, and this is all the speculation. Well, I'm sure we'll get into it more uh, throughout on Wrestling Inc. But, uh, you know, the reason AEW is not on tonight was because they were being preempted on TNT because of NBA playoffs. The NBA playoff games did not happen because the teams are boycotting due to the racial topics going on with with the with the with the shooting uh by by wisconsin police so it, it, now there's a lot of speculation what happens tomorrow are they playing tomorrow do, 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 do the games that didn't happen today are they going to get delayed is that going to affect aew and next week so crazy times right now in the television world and, and well in the world in general but in I mean, television world. it's just chaos um oh. but yeah uh yeah i was surprised that on tnt they didn't replay saturday's episode of dynamite they they showed some. They showed the longest yard. They showed the longest yard, and then some other like. It's uh, a damn good movie, though. Come on, you can't, <laughs> you can't be mad about that. You can see Bob Sapp, Giant Goldberg, Sling, yeah, all these Goldberg, guys. Kevin Nash. Wrestling fans love that movie. John, uh, and Steve Austin in the same eps. You know, uh, the same uh, um, great colleagues in it. Yeah, they're great probably colleague. put that on to get the new viewers, and then just <laughs> put the commercials for AEW on all night. They're, they're smart people, man. We got this. <laughs> Sam, uh, give us a plug. What do you want? Oh, to real quick, real quick about oh, the raw sorry. ratings. I, I, oh, I do got to bring this up. They were up twenty three percent from last week, and this was the first time they've done over two million viewers since April, uh, the April sixth episode, which was the post WrestleMania. So it's clear. I think it's clear. I don't know how long this lasts, but the the atmosphere has been hurting WWE. Now, granted, the booking and everything they've falling year to year to year. That also has been hurting WWE, and they need to fix that. But the the immediate drop from April to where we are now has been the performance center and, and the lack of fans and and them not being able to adjust. And and this Thunderdome has been able to fulfill that a little bit. I don't know if they're going to sustain this for long, but I think they're going to be above what they've been doing the last few months. So. I think this Thunderdome, I think it's a success. Now, granted, they need to start creating superstars and, and get out of their heads of not wanting people to be bigger than, than the company. At some point, that's what sells. But this Thunderdome, it is a good, uh, it is a stopgap measure. It's getting rid of the, all the fans that left because of the, the dullness of the PC. And, and SmackDown too. SmackDown this past Friday night, the first episode in the Thunderdome, the best episode uh, the most watched episode since the post uh, WrestleMania SmackDown. So both episodes uh, did the best. NXT was unopposed. They didn't have AEW. They did their best rating of the year. So a very good ratings week for WWE. Yeah. And I think this Friday SmackDown would do well with all the, with everybody on the hook with Roman Reigns and with the Roman title Reigns. change. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Sam, uh, put yourself over. 
Um, I am actually going to be in Dallas, Texas this weekend for the big indie wrestling expo. Um, anybody that's listening to us right now in Dallas, please come check it out. I would love to meet as many of you as possible. Uh, it's a massive show. It's got Brian Cage, uh, who I'm facing one-on-one. Uh, Lance Archer will be there. EC3, Nick Aldis. Um, you can just search on Twitter, Indie Wrestling Expo. Um, you'll find it. It's a great event. I hope anybody that's listening can make it out there. Uh, other than that, you can find me in the usual places at Real Sam Adonis on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I've been getting a lot of positive uh, feedback on all this. I, I really enjoy this. I like meeting new people and just talking about wrestling the best we can. So I appreciate you guys for having me, and hopefully we keep this party rolling. Rush. Uh, check out WrestlingInc.com, man. We got a, a, a murderer's row of interviews this week. We got Ric Flair, uh, Aiden English, uh, Matt, Cardona, Matt Cardona, David Arquette. Uh, a bunch of stuff next week. I mentioned Renee Michelle, uh, uh, Matt Seidel, uh, Kurt Angle. So a bunch of stuff coming up. So keep checking out wrestling.com, all the latest news and a ton. Raj, you need to come, you need to come to this expo this weekend. Cause there's so many interviews you can get. <laughs> all the, there's so many more people not named that, that'll be at that one. So absolutely. You get, you get down there. Once this, uh, once this, my wife won't let me fly. Right yeah. now, <laughs> well, the, well, the airports are no fun right now because you have to wear the mask the entire time you're in there. So uh, last and the fall, bars aren't open, right? They are, but you have to sit uh, one part from a, a seat away from each other. Oh, but uh, it's it's rough. Seven hours in one of those masks, it's pretty uh, you know you get pretty claustrophobic. Ah. Uh, t- tomorrow afternoon, I'll be on the Wrestling Inc. Daily with Nick Hausman. We'll talk all the uh, news headlines. Uh, Friday morning, I'll be on Busted Open Radio and Sirius XM with Mark Henry and Dave Lagreca from our normal 10 a.m. spot. And Friday night, I'll be here right after SmackDown uh, with whatever crew we have assembled. But it'll be. <laughs> shenanigans for sure uh thank you everybody we appreciate it again please make sure you leave a comment a like that helps the podcast uh, get your super chat money ready for friday night uh sam thank you as always uh raj thank you and everybody thank you have a good night we'll be back here live on youtube friday night thanks guys When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.